This is your Frederick Real Estate Update, a conversation about the regional real estate market with tips for buyers and sellers. Your hosts, REMAX Results' Darren Ahern and Presidential Bank Mortgage's Terry Kernan. Hey, folks, welcome back to your Frederick Real Estate Update. I am Darren Ahern, bringing you almost nearly 20 years' experience in the Maryland and PA area. Thanks for tuning in. If you're a first-time listener here on WFMD on our Frederick Real Estate Update, um, you can definitely go in the drop-down. We have 270 past programs. Terry, this is uh, 271 episode today, and we got lots of information. This is where we answer all of your questions, cares, thoughts, and concerns. And I have the man with me who has all the money in that vault still, ready to lend out to you from Presidential Bank Mortgage, who had the best interest rates in the whole entire area that I know of, Mr. Terry Kern. How'd you like how I put that in there? That the lowest interest good. rates everywhere. <laughs> Man, that was pretty good. A little sales trip right there. Yeah. Can't. You guys are good. So you just said 271st show. I was with uh, some people last night that are listeners, and uh, they said, how long have you guys been doing that show? Two or three years? And I said, <laughs> "Catch up." over five years. Yep. And they were like, wow, we've been listening the whole time. We just never knew that it was that long. So thanks to all the listeners. Yep. Thanks to all the listeners that have been um, listening for over five years. Um, and uh, I've really enjoyed doing what we do and uh, feel that we're um, – making a difference yeah so. we are we got a lot of listeners and i want to thank everybody and by the way we haven't taken a call in a while so if you have um i did on facebook this morning i did have a few people uh give me their questions and i'm going to talk about that i had breakfast at cracker bro with a client this morning a past client very good friend who i asked him that golden question what is the one pressing question you got about real estate or you want to talk about and they were able to give that to me so that was good we're going to touch on that but 301-694-9363 phone lines are open we will take your call because we do want to be able to discuss what is on your mind because it is definitely wild willy and nilly out there in the market it's changing literally not by the week not by the day but by the hour it feels like in some cases so but terry and i we're on the pulse of it 301-694-9363 or you can send a text in we will let you send a text in our producer here will be able to hand that on over over to us and we'll be able to see it and address that as well. So Terry, let's get right on into it. What's going on? So the big thing is rates. What's coming up this week is the feds are meeting, right? And we know that they're raising rates. And uh, Chairman Powell, Jay Powell said that he's only going to raise them based on data. Okay. Every rate increase is going to be data driven from here on out. So let's talk about the data that is driving this week. Okay. All right. What happened this week? The two biggest things came out were CPI, Consumer Price Index, and Producer Price Index. Okay. So what happened when they came out? Um, basically, you had PPI fell for the second month in a row by 0.1%. That's the Producer Price Index. Okay. If you strip out the gas, you know, the, the big volatile things, the gas and the autos, it actually increased by 0.4%. So that number is not what we were looking for. We were oh looking for something even. CPI, Consumer Price Index, that went up 0.1%, which was not good. The core rate stripping out those same items raised 0.6%. Those numbers caused a lot of turmoil in the market. What did we see? We saw a 1,200-point drop. Ooh. Haven't seen that since since basically COVID started in the stock market. So number one rule, do not look at your 401k. <laughs> do not look at anything that you have related to stocks. But that's what I want to talk about today is what's happening and what we might start to see, okay? Um, 
So basically, the feds are going to meet. There's a 78% chance that it's going to be a three-quarter percent increase in the uh, lending rate. And I talked about the lending rate last week and what basically what they're doing is they're, uh, the federal funds rate. And that's the cost that banks borrow money at. They're raising that by three-quarters. Um, 78% chance, 22% chance that it's going to... Go to 1%. 1%. Please, no, Mr. Powell. If it goes to 1%, we're going to see a little bit of pandemonium, I think, in the market. The $1,200, 1,200-point drop yeah. uh, could be uh, could be broken. Right now, the market has factored in 0.75%. So please, 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 all the governors that are listening to me, all the governors from the Federal Home Loan Bank Board governors, please do not go 1%. Yeah. Okay? I don't think that we can handle it mentally as a, as a country, emotionally yeah. as a country. But what we're also seeing, Darren, is we can't handle it emotionally outside of our borders. Yeah. Everything that we do affects the rest of the world. So you're starting to see the rest of the world, Europe, China, everybody – is keeping a big eye on what's going to happen this week and what's going to happen beyond. So this Wednesday, expect the raise. They've already priced it into the numbers. 0.75 is the one that we want, okay? All right. So what's happening is when they raise rates, right, That they're trying to battle inflation. So the one word, and uh, Chairman Powell, I know you're listening, but yeah, – I don't want to bring this word up. I just want to educate people on this word. Okay. So when it does come up, they will know what they're talking about. And that word is stagflation. Okay. You've got inflation. You got deflation. That's going to be another show. Yep. That I'm going to talk about deflation, which we, we are not doing right now. We don't have that, but stagflation is on the horizon. Mm. Possibly. Possibly. So if you start hearing the word stagflation, I'd like you to know what it means and what it means to you. And I'm going to go through this as quick as I possibly can. So the biggest thing is the difference between inflation and stagflation. There are subtle differences, but very important ones. So we know that inflation is the increase in the prices of goods and services in an economy over time, right? That's what we measure. So when I say that uh, that the inflation figure is 8.6 over a year ago, that's the measure of inflation over the last 12 months. Each month we get new numbers that come out that tell us what inflation is. Very easy to figure out, right. okay? Don't have to be a math major. Don't have to be an econ major. You can figure that out very easily. Low and steady inflation has historically been associated with low unemployment, mm -hmm. great interest rates, and, you know, a mixed environment for investments, right? You know, the market's either going up or down, but it's steady, right? So let's talk a little bit about inflation. Let's review a little bit of inflation. I always talk about demand and supply on this show, and that's what drives our economy. That's what drives economics. That's what drives inflation. So the cause of inflation is the demand for goods and services exceeds the supply. Okay? All right. Very simple. Mm -hmm. Demand is higher than we can supply, so rates go up, right? So 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 costs go up. So we see that on the housing market. Yes. We see that in the RV market. We see that in the every market out there. We were low on supply. So it also occurs when money supply grows faster than the GDP. 
Okay. So basically with the U, uh, with the COVID-19, with the Russian invasion, all of that, we're seeing a, a bigger demand. So basically let's, I'm, I'm going to say this, let's think about this. I'm going to buy this today because I know the price is going up tomorrow. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that's what, kind of what we're going to get into. So two types of inflation, inflation, demand pull. Okay. That occurs when the aggregate demand for goods or services increases, but the supply remains the same. Okay. Which results in prices being pulled up. Just what I talked about. Here's the cost push side. This occurs when there is an increase in production costs and the producing companies respond with an increase in the prices they charge to consumers. Let's think about the building industry. Uh, lumber went up. Uh, faucets went up, metal, everything went up. So the builders had to raise their prices. So that's cost push. So the inflation that we're experiencing now is demand pull and cost push. Yeah, It's a combination of the two, which is not good. That's why we have to raise the rates. That's why the inflation is not coming down. So what we're seeing is we're seeing rising inflation, but on this side, we're seeing low unemployment. Okay, five weeks in a row, less people have claimed unemployment. So I'm, I hope I'm not confusing this, but let's talk about the last thing on inflation is if inflation is not controlled, if it's not contained, inflation will lead to more spending by consumers and more investment by businesses okay. who want to transfer their cash into real capital rather than wait for the higher prices later. So that's exactly what I just said about I'm going to buy it today mm-hmm. because it's not going to be because it's going to be cost me more tomorrow. So that's why I believe that rates are being pushed so fast and people are saying I'm still going to buy because I'm not going to be able to afford it in two months. So here's the stagflation. Stagflation is a term that describes the simultaneous occurrence of stagnation and inflation in an economy. Conditions typically present in an economy experiencing stag- stagflation includes rising prices of goods and services, which is what we're seeing, rising interest rates, which we're seeing. Here's the thing that we're not seeing, but we're I'm afraid we're going to see it very, very quickly because the fastness, the quickness that they're rising these interest rates scary. is relatively high unemployment mm-hmm. and slow to no economic growth. Okay. GDP has come out, so which basically says we're in a recession. Yes. Okay. So the economy is slow to no growth, right? Right. We know that the rising interest rates are going to go up three quarters again. We know that the... Prices are going up in goods and services. So the one thing that is keeping us out of stagflation is high unemployment. If unemployment turns, then we're going to be in a situation where we have stagflation. Okay? So the cause of stagflation is basically rising in, uh, you know, the rising inflation with, you know, more aggressive monetary policy from the Federal Reserves. So, So the rising inflation and all that... So basically, stag stagflation uh, <clears throat> is the increased risk of employees losing their jobs. Okay, 
as well as lower wages. We've been seeing wages go up. We've been right. seeing unemployment. So the unemployment right now, if that starts to change, we could be in for a situation where uh, stagflation is going to cause cause a big problem. We do not want stagflation in the economy. Right. We'd rather deal with inflation right. than stagflation. Okay. So, stag- so stagflation brings in the factor heavily about uh, jobs. Yes. Yeah. And of course, jobs is the big denominator, the big, I believe, the big domino that affects everything. Because if you don't have jobs income coming in, you can't afford to pay your mortgage, which causes uh, foreclosures and short sales. And it just domino effects. We had that happen back in 08 and 09 and all that stuff. So besides a mortgage meltdown, we had the job thing. So this is the tricky thing we got to keep an eye on. Go ahead. So the big thing is how long does stagflation last? That's a good question. Okay, it's an ebb and tide, yep, and yep. it's going to be driven. So it's usually months, not years. Oh, good. It's usually one to two quarters, so three to six months. So we could have kind of a swing period coming up okay. where we go into a stagflation, and we got to be very careful because people are still going to want to – if they think rates are going up, you know, fear breeds fear. I've said that all the time. Sure. You know, Panic breeds panic. If they think that rates are going to continue to go up, they're going to keep buying no matter what. Yeah. And then people are going to start losing their jobs, okay? And then when people start losing their jobs, we're going to be in that swing. So low supply of commodities or products combined with a federal policy of rising rates can produce inflation and a slowing economy simultaneously will put us into stagflation. So – that's the word. I hope I explained. It. It's a very tough word. Yeah, you got to listen. And to you this never hear. Time, maybe, but <clears throat> you that's okay. never hear it. You won't. Um, but that's a word that that has come to my mind. Yep. That I think that we're going to be uh, dealing with, and it's not something we want to be dealing with. Right. And if you hear this in the news and all the chatterboxes and all over the place, you're going to be like, "Wow, Darren and Terry covered this before the kitty got out of the bag." If this is what could be potentially coming of whoever's going to cover some of these ideas of this. But it's a very interesting dynamic because it does directly affect our world as far as real estate and mortgages and all that. So good stuff. The big thing everybody Terry wants to know is where's the interest rates? Why is it climbing? What's going on? We're at what? Six and a quarter percent? Six yes. percent? Six and a quarter? We're over maybe six, six percent. and a half. It's been ugly. The last thing we want is to get to seven and all that good stuff. So, uh, But the, here's the deal. Even if it goes up three quarters of a percent or even one percent coming up this week on the 21st, it doesn't mean interest rates are going to go from six and a quarter to seven and a quarter. Make sure you listen to this segment I just said. Right, Terry? It's not going to do that. It's kind of been factored in. It may go up a little bit, but then after the 21st, Terry, it might lax down a little bit. So keep your eye on it. But here's what we're saying. Here's what I'm saying. I, I just listed a property this week. We've had 10 or 12 showings in the first five days. I had an agent text me this morning and said, hey, any offers? None yet. Great. My guys are interested. Oh, Darren, here's the deal. Your guys need a house to find contingency. Eh, my buyer really doesn't want to do that. They want to settle because they'll give your guys a rent back, but they really don't want to wait on any means. And he said, because they want to lock in their interest rates right now. It's what you just said. People want to lock in their rates right now because they know tomorrow it's going to be more expensive for the mortgage. I just dealt with this an hour and a half ago. Case in point, can't get any better than that. So I called my client. I called my seller, gave him the scenario, gave him the pros and cons. And they said, well, what are the terms of the offer? Let us get all the information and we'll think about it and we'll get back to you. 
bingo. And that's not even on paper yet. We are now starting to say we're having to play out scenarios that are very integral. And this is why experience matters. This is why right here of Big knowing time. which way to go because it's getting very technical. So did I explain that pretty good? You did. And in, 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 so what we saw so much six, eight, nine, ten, twelve 12 months ago. That's gone. Is sellers wanted to settle in 21 days. Mm-hmm. Now sellers want to settle in 60 days, but the buyers want to settle yeah. in 21 days. Yeah, it's flipped. Yeah, because they're like, hey, we need to get a house. We want a house to find, <clears throat> or we want to do this, or we want to do that. There's all kinds of reasoning. But you're but, right. It's fine. It's crazy in six months how the strategies have totally changed. In fact, it almost brings my mind, Terry, back to the Super Bowl I sat in. That when my Falcons were winning with the biggest lead, 28 to 3, Bilicek took the Patriots into halftime and said, hey, boys and girls, we got to completely change our strategy or we're going to lose. And they changed it. And it there you go. So same thing. All right. I, I thought your bitter. therapist said not to talk about that they game. They did, but I couldn't. Man. Okay. Yeah. I last just... week's loss. <laughs> back. All right. At inventory. Here we go. Ready? Inventory. Here we go. Oh, by the way, you can call in. We got another 10, 15, 10 minutes in the program. 301-694-9363. Make sure you text it to our producer if you would like to do that. But, Terry, I feel like we're going to give away a $50 gift card coming up here. Here's the here's the thing I'm going to want uh, from uh, our listeners. You have to tell Terry and I what are the top three, and I know what these are. You can ask Siri. The top three websites that buyers look at to find homes for sale. Whoever can tell me the top three, not this program. We may do it in the next one or whatever. You got to keep listening. But as soon as somebody gets that right and we announce it, 50 bucks, we're going to let you pick a restaurant or whatever it is just to take stagnation out of your head. How's that? Yeah, I'm <laughs> sorry if I made that too confusing. No, it wasn't at all. That's good. People got to process it. All right, total actives. Here we go. 408, Terry. We still can't break 500. Why? Seasonal. Mm-hmm. So a little bit of gridlock and other factors, a little fear, whatever, whatever. 251 resales with a 44-day average time on market. We've grown by three days. This is what I predicted. 480 is the average median price right now, single-family home in the Frederick County. That is down. That is down, my friends. That's down. 3% it's down. There you go. Does that mean my house lost 3%, Darren? Not necessarily. Nope. But but if you have an $800,000 home, you probably are making adjustments. And here's why. 51% of all sellers who have been on the market, in the market for 30 days or more, have made a price correction. That is significant, boys and girls. That's big time. Big time. New construction, 157, down from like 164. Uh, coming soon, 54, seasonal. Pending under contracts, we have 351 resales. And 677 total homes under contract, which is actually pretty good. So that means there's still a lot of buyers. Um, 419 sold in the last 30 days with an average time of 18 on the market. And the list of sold price ratio, which is massive, we talk about all the time, 99.6. Until that gets down below 95, it's still not too, too bad, Terry. So what are your thoughts about the numbers? They're going to continue to, uh, you know, goes back to days on market. Okay, that kind of we're up to forty four. Okay, so what we're taking a look at is, you know, um, we're still seeing great demand in the market. Yeah, and it's still I believe good. it's because people feel that the rates are going up. Okay, right. But the days on the market, um, I had a, a buyer that um, that the seller pushed the contract out like forty five days. 
and we got him approved and everything in like 10 days. And he's been sitting around and finally he, he was like, can I please go to settlement earlier? <laughs> please. What do you so we were do? able to n- knock it up and go to settlement earlier. That's but, cool. but what we're taking a look at is, yeah, those numbers aren't surprising. Um, list is sold at 99.6. We're still seeing people coming in above uh, market, but it is on the lower priced homes. Yeah. And most, of, and most of that is because they're asking for closing cost help and all that, and they're willing to do that and stuff like that. But hey, because we care so much about your questions more than our content, and what we come up with, Terry, our producer just handed us a question from our listener out there. What is it? The, here's the question, uh, and thanks for texting it in. I've heard you previously mention that higher end homes do not increase in value as fast as entry priced homes. Does that hold true for the rate at which values fall? Okay. All right. Let me see that. All right. I think I, I get it. You start processing what you think as a lender, and I'm going to give you mine as a realtor. Okay. Mm-hmm. We've talked about, yeah, higher-end homes. Okay. First of all, we have to define a higher-end home. If the average single-family home, three-bedroom, two-bath, or four-bedroom, two-bath in Frederick in the area right here is roughly $500,000, and new builds are like six hundred or more, Okay, anything over, I would say, $700,000 in Frederick County would be as a high-end home. Yes. Got it? Okay. An entry, then he says, for value in an entry-price home. How do you define that? I define an entry-price home as anything that is the average rent payment. If the average single-family home is renting now at $1,900 a month, Terry, the mortgage payment on a $1,900 mortgage payment is a $300,000 home, right? Well, we're... Well, we have uh, higher less. rates now. Though. Yeah, we have much higher right. rates. So, so an entry level home. What would you say is going to be anything up to probably two seventy five right now, three hundred. Even though because of rates and everything, I would think that it's going to be three fifty. Yeah, that's what I'm. Thinking. Entry level home is three fifty. Okay, so that's fair number. So three fifty and under is more of a entry level first time home buyer and all that kind of stuff. Like that. So he says, does that hold true for the rate at which values fall? Okay. Great question. I talked about this with a client of mine at breakfast this morning because this was part of his question right here. Um, this is what we talked about is that the high end stuff. He said, um, what, when, when values change and they correct, what goes first? Well, that's the high end. Seven fifty, eight hundred thousand dollars and higher is going to crack first. How much? They're going to plateau first, right? How long? We don't know. But they're going to come down 1%, 5%, 10%, depending on interest rates and the buyer demand for that segment-priced home, period. That's what I keep my numbers on. That's what I keep my pulse on and all that. So those go first. The middle of the bridge would be the middle average home, 350 to 700 Those typically plateau out next. It's a trickle-down thing. Yeah, let's do four hundred to seven hundred. All right, do four to seven hundred. Give me your thoughts. So my feeling is that the higher priced homes, mm-hmm. when prices are rising, that they're going to rise at a slower pace. Yes, they will. But when prices are falling, they're going to fall at faster. a faster pace. That's exactly okay? it. And then lower priced homes, when prices are rising, they're going to be the number. They're going to be the leader of the board because they're the lowest priced. The most demand. Okay? The most, most demand. affordable. So, so the lower priced homes are going to rise the fastest, and then when prices fall, they're going to fall the slowest. Yeah. Okay. And then the middle of the road homes are going to be three fifty to seven hundred, four hundred to seven hundred. They're going to rise in between medium. Their rise will be medium, and their fall will be medium. So that's kind of how the 
how it balances seesaw. out. It's a seesaw. Great question. Thank Great you question. for that. Thank you guys you. call in. You can talk to Terry at any time. Information at the end of the show. We got three minutes left. Check this out, Terry. Um, we know rates continue to climb a little bit. No one has a crystal ball, but it's going to get higher a little bit here and there with what's happening. Hey, I was at Hershey. I love doing this. On Wednesday, I played hooky. I took a day off. Come on. But I'm working all the time. Um, actually, I had a listing at 8 o'clock Wednesday night when I came back from the RV show. I went to the biggest RV show in Hershey, which is today and tomorrow also. And I like to go to have fun, get my mind off thing, you know, dream and wish. And I see these $800,000 campers and I'm like, yes, I'm going to buy one and travel the whole country one day, right? And sell my house and do that, Terry. Um, I asked three salespeople, how are sales going this year? And what do you think about the show this year and what you're predicting? All of them said our sales are off by about 20 to 30%, average of 25% now. And it's getting worse as rates go higher. And they are extremely worried that coming up this week, they're telling everybody lock in today, buy your camper today, because next week, Right now, you can get in at 6.99% with great credit or a little under, maybe, depending on what bank or who you go to. But in general, they're like, hey, after next week, after this RV show, you're paying over 7% guaranteed. Thank you, Mr. Powell. And so, therefore, they're pretty concerned. I thought that was a very interesting dynamic since we're talking about stagnation, inflation, and all this other stuff. I wanted to dip into that world of what that's looking like, okay? With that said, um, though, uh, since affordability is such an issue right now, the standard, my client this morning, as we were talking, I got one minute left, we were talking at breakfast, and he said, Darren, what do you see happening coming outside? I said, I'll tell you what, the fix on a lot of this crazy stuff is we either have interest rates come back down, which they will to some degree with an election coming down the road so that they can look great, all that stuff like that. But what about a 35 or 40-year mortgage? Because a 35 or 40-year mortgage is going to cause mortgage payments every month and affordability to be less for the average buyer. Sounds like a great fix. Terry, you got 20 seconds. What would you tell my client who asked about, could we just get a 35 or 40-year mortgage to solve the problem right now? After the crash of 2008, I thought I would never see interest-only payments again, nor did I think I would ever see uh, 40-year payments, okay? And that's what we're taking a look at. But I think that there is going to be talk later about 40-year amortization because of exactly what you just said, higher rates. All righty, folks. There you go. Um, hope you guys have an awesome, awesome Saturday. Happy buying and selling out there and uh, being at the Great Frederick Fair. And we'll see you next week. Keep bringing your questions and take care now. Looking to purchase a home or refinance your existing mortgage? If so, Lawyer Signature Settlements is here to assist you with that process. Lawyer Signature Settlements is a local attorney-owned title company with over 100 years of combined experience conveniently located in Frederick, Maryland. We are licensed to conduct closings in the states of Maryland, Pennsylvania, Virginia, and West Virginia. With two attorneys on staff here at Lawyer Signature Settlements, we ensure the most thorough review process paired with affordable rates, accommodating scheduling, and outstanding customer service. So next time you need to place your signature on closing documents, call Lawyer Signature Settlements at 301-695-1235 or visit us on the web at www.signaturesettlements.com. We hope to see you at the closing table. Hello, this is Terry Kernan with Presidential Bank Mortgage in downtown Frederick. 
And the best way to reach me always is on my cell phone at 301-639-9244, 301-639-9244. Or you can always email me at tkernan at presidential.com. And this is Darren Ahern from REMAX Results. You can reach me anytime, 240-344-1713. Again, it's 240-344-1713 or at DarrenAhern at gmail.com. Thanks so much for tuning in to your Frederick Real Estate Update. We will see you each and every Saturday right here on WFMD at 11 o'clock.